we just thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to gather um, together this morning to be inspired by your story through each of our lives and through scriptures. Uh, we just ask that as the Christmas season and the Thanksgiving season collide uh, around us, that each of us would just be able to find that peace and serenity and joy of the moment and family and be able to just enjoy it with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, good morning. Nice to see you all today. Uh, since um, Black Friday is this upcoming Friday, and it's my least favorite day of the year, and, uh, <laughs> um, and we've been doing such a great job of really focusing on Jesus, what he's doing for us, um, kind of the fundamentals of, of, of grace and forgiveness last week, and really getting this foundation of something that God, a work that God is doing among us, that there's this rest and that. Um, and we're right about to the Christmas season, which has a lot of celebration. I figured we could put a um, challenge, um, something a little harder to think about, to look at this week. Uh, I want to talk about the mind, emotions, desires, cravings, addictions, um, because it seems like uh, it's the season where some of this stuff kind of runs out of control. Now, whether it's spending and consumerism and things like that because it's Christmas and we just get caught up in everything that's going on, or it's the emotions of just being with um, family members and whether they're amazing emotions that were, uh, we prop our expectations up to be something so great and then it's not 100% of what we were hoping for and we get disappointed and we're frustrated, or it's emotional stuff with family or friends that's, that's harder if there's struggles or things, but um, there's so much of this that uh, goes to the emotions and the mind and our desires and what we're hoping for and want, and, and is this controlling us? Or are we really steering this? Are we in control? Is there something going on? And as we're followers of Jesus and as we worship and celebrate that he's doing something in us, there is a lot that Scripture talks about of when it comes to our mind and our emotions and just letting this stuff run, fly, just fly and do whatever it wants. Um, and I, this freedom that Jesus talks about, is it really free if, um, if we're still tied to whatever craving or feeling or emotion seems to be present in us, or is that what's in control? Is there a freedom that's beyond just uh, being caught at the sale of whatever our emotions decide to be that certain day, or is there something more to this? And I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but emotions uh, around the holidays are, are interesting because you, you, you definitely, there's, there's a charge we're supposed to be celebrating, we're supposed to be enjoying the season, there's this decorating of the house, there's the visiting of friends for Christmas parties or family members to do it. There's, there's a lot of charge around it. Uh, but then again, it can be something that causes disappointment if it's not exactly what we were looking for, or something that is uh, just fueling us, the need to have my house look as pretty as someone else's or the newest. Uh, TJ's really into glowing lawn ornaments, like you should, his lawn is just covered in them. And so if you go to his house, he's got to have the latest and greatest of whatever is going on in the lawn. And I'm just kidding, TJ. 
Um, maybe I'm not. I haven't driven by your house this week, so maybe it just exploded in Christmas cheer. And... But I don't know, I mean, it's fun to tease about this stuff, but there are some things. There are some things that, that really... Um, I, I've known friends that collected those Christmas bears, ceramic something, and it just, they had to get it, and there's only so many made, and if you didn't get it, you were in trouble, and then they were displayed perfectly, so every time I would come over, everyone would get turned just a little bit. I don't know why, but... Uh, but you could tell there was something more, there was something more going on, and you just feel the, the stress of the families, and then there is that, there's America, and wanting us to spend more, and to increase the economy, and so there's more commercials than you can imagine right now, there's more pressure to give amazing gifts. Some of you told stories about being with family members, and wanting everyone to open presents uh, together, yet there's like this in, it's just a gross amount of giving going on. It's not even generosity. This is such an excess that it, it just seems like, like syrupy, disgusting. And then how do you explain that to your children? That, well, we think this type of consumerism is gross. I don't know. Um, and so I wanted to talk about emotions today. Matthew 26, 41 is this, is this scene where Jesus... They have the Last Supper, they go for a walk together, and Jesus decides to take his disciples into the Garden of Gethsemane. He takes his few best friends really close to him. He's like, I'm going to go off and pray because I'm freaking out. He's like, this is, I'm, I'm, I need to pray. And so he goes up to pray, and he asks them to wait and pray with them, and obviously they fall asleep. And he comes back and he tells them, um, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Watch and pray and take care that you're not pulled down during a time of testing. But really on this, there, this, this is, there's something about this. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. There's, there's, there's something more to us. There's a duality to how we're living that we can see through the scriptures that really talk about either following after not just God's spirit, but your own spirit. And then there's the body or the mind or the emotions. And scripture seems to separate them quite a bit. Don't be run down by this. There's a truer you at the basis of these things. I got to say, like having a better mindfulness or meditation practice in the last like two years has been the biggest thing for me, to be able to slow down emotions, slow down the mind, be able to pay attention, not to avoid them, to be like, wow, I'm all of a sudden feeling panicked or pissed or uh, tired or whatever, and what's that doing? And is, do I want to go after that? If, if I'm mad at someone, do I, is this legit or am I, is it because I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm something else? And to, to be able to look at emotions and be like, oh, I'm definitely feeling this, but I don't want to get mad at Doug. He didn't mean to say those things or hurt my feelings or whatever. Uh, has, been, has been huge, that, that process of doing it. And there's a lot in uh, the scriptures that kind of talk about this. So I figured we'd dive into it a little bit. Colossians 3 in the voice is such a really, uh, a really good chapter to, to read through the whole thing if you have time. But at the beginning it starts and he says, it comes down to this, since you've been raised with the anointed one, the liberating king, set your minds on heaven above. Stay focused on what's above, not on earthly things, because your old life is dead and gone. Your new life is hidden and enmeshed with the anointed one who is God. So kill these earthly impulses. And then it lists some different things, but there's certain ones in here that are interesting. These earthly impulses that he says are not focused on what's above, what, not focused on what's good. Some of them are unbridled sensuality, just letting our senses run wild with whatever we're 
desiring. And we see these words sometimes, unbridled sensuality, and, and sometimes it's been way overused as some kind of sexuality, and it's not been driven down to, well, what about if we're addicted to buying something, if we're addicted to watching TV, if we're addicted to donuts, if we're like these sensualities that just control us, like my blood sugar is going crazy, I just need a whole carton of donuts right now. And so we do that, and uh, like, do we have freedom from these things, or is this really what's running everything going on? So he says, kill these earthly impulses, these unbridled uh, sensuality, wicked thoughts, and greed, which is essentially idolatry. Avoid them at all costs. These are the same things you once pursued, but now make sure you shed these things for a fresh new you, which is continually renewed in the knowledge according to the image of the one who's created you. In this recreation, there is no distinction between Jew or Greek or circumcised or uncircumcised or barbarian or conqueror or slave or free because in the anointed is the whole and dwells in us all. He starts talking about if we get beyond just you and your desires, you'll see it called the flesh, just what your body craves all through Scripture. Something bigger happens if we shed that, if we put on this new you, this continual renewing in the image of who Jesus is, if we see that, if we read about him, if we talk about him, and we say, man, this is who I've been made to be. This is who I am. All of a sudden, it sheds this. It's, there's something that comes off the skin that doesn't fit quite right, goes away, and the result of that is all of a sudden this unity that we desperately need right now. In a season of peace that we're about to enter into, the, a unity that in all creation, there's no distinction between Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, conqueror, slave-free, all of us coming together under Jesus as unifying. There's something amazing there. And he starts tying it all to just this unbridled sensuality, just letting our desires go crazy and getting whatever we want. That's the tie back. And continually renewing ourselves to something bigger is going to help produce that. And I thought, man, that's worth talking about. It's almost a Christmas season message, but we got to do this one before Black Friday. There's no way that this can miss Black Friday. I'm sure the government would not be pleased that we're talking about spending less and watching our emotions with our family, but you know, whatever. Uh, (laughs) There's a Greek word that's used quite a bit uh, in the New Testament, um, epithumia. It's translated lust, longing, passionate longing, desire. You see this word quite a bit. It comes up, especially with what we're talking about, these emotional drives that cause us to go somewhere. But if we look at this word, this epithumia, it's made up of two Greek words that come together to make this thing happen that I think will make us understand this a little better. Epi comes from the word in or focused on. And thuma comes from the word the mind. And so it's in or focused on your mind, but it's more than just the mind. It denotes emotions, desire, internal urges. It's belonging to us, the mind, but it's where our thinking and our feeling belong. It's this, this part of us that just can be reined in or can run the show and run it itself. So the same word that we're getting, desire or passionate longing or even lust, is coming from this word uh, in the mind or really just focused on too much of what's going on there instead of maybe even who you are. You'll see in the Bible... A distinction between the heart and the mind a lot of times. Heart being your true self, and it's just the verbiage that it's using to try to wrap our minds around this, and the mind being this part of us that's, that's in us and a part of us, yet it's not really who you are. There, you're something more than your thoughts that are coming, these feelings. You, 
you actually can control or have a say-so in what's going on there instead of just letting them run free. I don't know about you, but anytime I have like family trouble, like extended family or, or drama happens, it's all here that makes it worse. If I try to be the peacemaker, be like, you know, I'm not going to let this bother me. Yes, people are saying dumb things right now. Yes, I just wanted to relax today and eat excessive amounts of turkey because I crave it. Um, just kidding. Uh, there's a more to it that we're, we're, I, can, I can bypass that. I'd be like, I'm not, I'm not getting caught up in the drama. I'm going to be part of the solution that's going on. You know, I walked into a shit show at work yesterday. Um, I mean, stress you could feel, palpable, like, this is bad. The cooks are swearing, they're really pissed, they're asking for whiskey already, and you're like, oh my God, we haven't even opened yet, this is, uh, someone didn't show up, it, the, the, the tensions are just out of control, and uh, I was a little upset that they scheduled me half an hour early, I'm like, man, I could have slept in an extra half an hour, really, I'm going to need this extra half an hour to set up, I needed all that half an hour, it was a divine mistake if it was that, because... People just need someone to talk to sometime. The person who's not going to get caught up. And I could feel myself almost getting in it because they're passionate about things that are important. And it's like, okay, let's not, let's not ruin the day-to-day. Let's, let's get beyond this. Yes, this is stupid. Yes, we'll get. But having someone with some clarity that's willing to love and hug you more than you imagine. I gave so many flipping hugs to cooks yesterday. It's not even funny. And conversations after work. It was because they needed someone to distill out this emotional whatever that was driving everything and get to some, something, something bigger, something deeper. This is not who you are. You do not want to throw away your job because you're pissed today. Uh, let's get beyond this. We've got a good team. This is just something we're going to get over. There's a Vikings game today, which is a super stressful day for them, and they were already understaffed, so there just was a ton of stuff going on. But you could tell their minds were running wild instead of being like, whoa, let's... Let's pair back here. I could easily be in that with my family or at work or whatever the heck this stuff is going on or we can be beyond that and we can, we can be the hands and feet of peace, a voice that, that, that stills whatever is going on but it's going to take us having to watch where my mind's going, what's going on in my own heart. Um, this word desire, this Epithumia can also be a positive word. We see Paul talking about a desperate desire for friends of his that he's been separated from, that he can't see, this longing to be back together with them. So it's not just all bad. Our thoughts can drive us towards something good as well. It's just, are you your thoughts or are you in control of them? Are they controlling you? Are they running these emotions with what's going on these, this next five, six weeks holiday season, or are you in control? Can you decide the days that are going to be just crying all day long in front of a bowl of ice cream, which might be the right choice. It, you might need to spill. I'm not saying hide from emotions. Like, they're there. We need to go into them sometimes. But do they run you? Is it just whatever you're deciding to feel? is like, we're going to go with that. Like, I feel this right now. Let's, let's run with that. Because if that's the case, you do not want to be around me because my hunger changes my emotions a ton. So right there is proof that something deeper is going on in this. Titus is another amazing example. This Titus 2, 3. Um, Paul's writing to this young leader and he says, Grace arrives with its own instruction. 
Run away from anything that leads us away from God. Abandon the lusts and the passions. This is the same word we were going over of this world. It's not even just talking about your own. It's, it's now we're going, don't just get into the passions and the lusts that society says you should be running after right now. Uh, he says, live now in this age with awareness and self-control. Doing the right thing and keeping yourselves holy. Awareness and self-control. Slowing down, paying attention, being aware. What am I feeling? Do I want to feel this way? Why am I feeling this? What's going on? Do we have control? Do we trust that there's a freedom that comes in Jesus that allows us to step back and be like, "Woo, I must be overworked. Maybe I should say no to this next event, to just have some me time, to just chill out, to relax, to get my life back in balance so that I can be the best example for my friends, my family, those I'm working with. If we go on to Titus 3, Verse 2, he says, Be truly humble towards everyone because there was a time when we too were foolish, rebellious, deceived, when we were slaves to our sensual cravings and pleasures. He's like, I've been there. I followed all those desires. I knew what I wanted and that's all I chased, whatever I was feeling, whatever I was longing for. He says, We spent our lives being spiteful and envious and hated by many and hated, hating one another. But then something happened. Pause right here. He starts to take these sensual cravings and pleasures into an emotional level that got into things with friends. Spiteful, envious, hatred, divisions. It started causing, this is more than just, I feel like sugar and so I'm going to eat a whole apple pie. This is, these just following cravings and letting them go wild wherever started getting involved in their relational life. It started getting in the way, but he says, but then something happened. God our Savior and his overpowering love and kindness for humanity entered our world. He came to save us. And it's not that we earned it by doing good works or righteous deeds. Again, Paul's amazing at pointing it back to this isn't you and your performance. This is all Jesus. This is the thing that happened that changed these relationships and this life just constantly chasing after pleasures. Was he doing something? Not that we earned it, but it, uh, by our good works or righteous deeds. He came because he is merciful. He brought us out of our old ways into a new beginning through the washing of regeneration, he made us completely new through the Holy Spirit. God comes on the scene and he makes us completely new. And not just something new that we weren't before, he, re- he brings us back to what we were created to be. Jesus is that example of, our, of, of who we are, of what we were made to be, of who that, that DNA, anything else has been injected by emotional uh, irresponsibility of uh, the world around us, society wanting to inject how we should live our life or what we should desire after or need. These are, these are aside the point of who you truly are. That's something deeper. And so if we look at these things, if we see this in Scripture, how do we relate to it and how do we take it then into these next few weeks? What, what does this mean and how do we apply this as we're going forward? Because, yeah, this makes sense now, but some of us might be like, well, what am I going to do about it? Because as you're talking about apple pie, all I'm thinking about is apple pie now. And no one brought it this morning. And so the first thing I'm doing when I'm leaving is going right to Whole Foods and buying the biggest apple pie they have. And then maybe I can listen to the podcast and my brain can click back into what's being talked about. But uh, I'm on apple pie mode right now. And I should have thought about this as I was saying apple pie because I'm the kind of person who would do that. Like, oh, apple pie, that does sound good. And all of a sudden, there's this black space of like, oh, Luke's been talking for another 10 minutes. I have no idea because all I heard was this. 
It sucks when it happens to your significant other, when something they say like reminds you of something, and you're just like, oh, that sounds amazing. And then they've been talking for a while, and you're like, oh, I stopped listening when you said pie. Like, uh-oh. And there's an honest tea that needs to come in that says, I stopped listening when you said pie. I must be hungry. Can we redo that? Can I have? Can you forgive me? Can we move on from this? Can we not let my carnal desires just ruin our relationship for today? Is there something more here? Again, we're talking about emotions when it comes to our relationships, emotions when it comes to just following after whatever the heck we think we want and need, and that's all we can think about, and even these expectations for something going perfect and being disappointed from these expectations. Galatians 5 and 6 gives us a little, 5.16 gives us a little key into this. He says, here's my instruction, walk in the Spirit and let the Spirit bring order to your life. If you do, you will never give in to your selfish or sinful cravings. We see this spirit versus flesh or spirit versus selfish being all over the place. There's this, 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 this pure you, this you in spirit who is beyond all this that if we tap into, if we listen to, if we trust God, if we remind ourselves that we go back to it, man, things get so much easier. And he says if you follow after this spirit, if you walk with it, if you're in tune with that still small voice, that little nudge where you're like, oh yeah, there's always the desire for pie, and then there's that desire like, yeah, you don't want to gain 10 pounds in 30 minutes, though. So let's, let's maybe eat one slice. Maybe I'll share it with someone instead of eating the whole thing and having Mia be mad that there was a whole apple pie 30 minutes ago, and now it's gone, and you didn't share any with me, which is a real example that has happened before. What was it? What was the streusel? The, the, the Danish. She's like, where did that Danish go that was in the, like a... Oh man, that was delicious. Like that was, it was really yummy. That was like a week ago. Um, Timothy says, "Run away from youthful desires." He even starts calling it. Or Peter, seeing talking us about like he's like, "Be obedient, children, and put away these desires you pursued when you were were something else when you were young when you didn't know better than these things." There's time when it's when it's when that was life when we just chased after whatever. We want, and then there was a time where we figured out, oh, that's not what it's all about. Some of it's following Jesus in the Spirit. Some of it you see with age and life. You def- I see a change in people when they turn 30. You're just like, oh, yeah. We're not just chasing everything that comes up. We're actually starting to realize that some of that chase is so much energy and effort that is a waste of time and is not worth it in the end. And you see this as you get older, but you see paths where... People either decide to take that path or the other path is I'm just stuck in exactly what I want and you end up being the grumpy neighbor where I'm trying to relax right now and the kids are out playing. They're having fun. I'm trying. And he, he comes out and it's the Mr. Wilson getting ticked at uh, whoever that little cartoon character, Dennis the Menace, and it's, it's just over. This flesh versus the spirit, this feelings and emotions versus something deeper. Is there this hidden truth that we can find? Is slowing down, praying, meditating, thinking about Jesus, can we ask for his help in hearing that? Can we practice listening to that voice and slowing down and feeling what's really going on here? What do I really want to do? Yes, my body wants sugar right now. Is that what I really want? Do I want to crash in a sugar coma in the next 30 minutes and fall asleep on the couch and not spend any time with people or do I want to be hanging out? Do I want to play games? Do I want to laugh? Do I want to make my mom feel special because she's been having a hard week? Do I want to do? What do I really want? It's that pause to do more. So one was walk in the spirit. Two would be renew the mind or meditate 
Um, Romans 12, 2, he says, don't allow this world to mold you in its image. Instead, be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind. As a result, you'll be able to discern what God wills and whatever God finds good, pleasing, or complete. This renewing of our mind, this stilling, this going inside gets us to see his point of view, a different perspective on things that changes everything, that can make an event that was going the wrong direction feel complete, feel whole, feel like God was involved and something was going on. Colossians reminds us to stay focused on what's above, not earthly things. We read that earlier. Stay focused on something bigger, a bigger picture, a bigger desire for what's going on. Don't get caught up in just everything going around you. So walk in the Spirit, renew the mind, meditate. And number three would be take every thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says we're demolishing arguments and ideas and every high and mighty philosophy that pits itself against the knowledge of the one true God. We are taking prisoners of every thought, every emotion, and we are subduing them into obedience. There's something about realizing that you don't have to run with every craving or feeling or emotion or whatever the mind wants to do, that you can actually capture that. You can take a look at it. Wow, I'm feeling, I'm starting to feel angry. I'm starting to feel frustrated. I'm starting to feel the desire for apple pie. And you can look at it from God's perspective and get something bigger. This is offered to us at every opportunity. We just forget to take it. We get caught up in the rush of emotions or thinking. We blow by these things. Amy and I have agreed to permit each other the rewind button at any time that we just get caught up in emotions and say something dumb and you're just like, oh my God, I'm, you notice as you're saying it or after you say it, like that was just a rush of emotion. And we ask for the rewind. We go like, this is what I should have said or what I meant to say. And realize that we're all human. We're going to do that. We're going to spout something dumb and get caught up in the moment. And we're giving each other permission to be like, you know what? Catch it. Rewind. Say it again. Do it. And I won't hold you and be like, yeah, but before you said that, you said I was starting to get chubby. And so it's on. We're not talking for 24 hours and I'm going to make you feel horrible or whatever the heck you see people doing towards each other. Can we give each other permission to do something more? But can we take every thought captive even if we start to act on it and say things already? Can we, can we rewind? Can we go back and be like, is this what I really want to be doing right now? Is this what I really want to be chasing? Is this where we're going? One writer in the scriptures says it this way. He's like, I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. I'm not going to be controlled. I'm not going to let it like, have me by that. And so I really think freedom is going without what, with whatever we crave and being fine with it. Not that you have to do that always, but the ability to do that. To be able to look at what I crave and be like, yeah, I don't need that. I'm fine. That's true freedom, not held in bondage by whatever I'm thinking or feeling or society says we should be doing right now. I'll finish with, uh, I guess I can say both of these. We'll just do them both. I was going to do one or the other, but why not? No music today, so. Uh, Ephesians 4.22 says, Take off this former way of life, this crumpled, this life corrupted by deceitful desire and lust. To take on a fresh breath and let God renew your attitude and spirit. There's something great about this, this pausing, this stepping back and taking a breath and letting that breath be God renewing you. Like he's breathing into you. Just like, wait a minute. 
what's this step back? What's this pause? So just take a fresh breath. Let God renew your attitude and spirit. Then you're ready to put on your new self that's modeled after the very likeness of God in truthful righteousness and holiness. It's this pause to be like, okay, there's something more here. What do I want right now? Who does Jesus say I am? What does this look like? This isn't who I am or what I'm created to be. This is, I'm something better than this. And as a community, if we think about doing this together, there's, there's, we're a, this is a unit. This isn't just us figuring this out. Church is more than just you sitting in a seat and applying this. There's a togetherness. There's a corporate, we're, we're together trying to do this. Not just helping each other, but living this as an organism, as a group, being the hands and feet of Jesus. And Colossians tells us that since we're all set apart by God, made holy and dearly loved, let's clothe ourselves with a holy way of life, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. It starts describing what this, we know what we were putting off that didn't fit, and what are we putting on now? And it says, put up with one another, forgive, pardon offenses against one another as the Lord has pardoned you because you should act in kind. But above all these things, put on love. Love is the perfect tie to bind these together. Let your hearts fall under the rule of the anointed's peace and be thankful. I want to go into this next week armed and ready to be extra graceful, extra forgiving, to be loved, to have it on like it's almost a cloak. The way I felt the tension in the room when I walked into work yesterday, I want my love to feel like that when I walk into the room somewhere else. You don't just show up and feel that way. It's going to take prepping. I'm going to get up two hours early. I'm going to have some Luke time. I'm going to relax. I'm going to listen to some music. I meditate at least 10 minutes in the morning on something. I use a guided app because I have ADD and I need something to guide my attention on even meditating. But I listen to music that I know is going to get me in this mood that's like, okay, I'm now in tune with a greater song that's going on. I want to be in with what's, what's happening. I ask to be used and I'm ready. I get myself ready. I eat the foods that I know. I'm going to like, this is going to put me in a good mood. I'm going to be ready to hang with people. I'm going to be ready to give my best and show up. And when I do that, it just makes so much more difference during the day. And I know, I feel it, that I'm tapped into really who Luke is, not just the Luke who's flying after whatever desire, not like a kite just caught in the wind going wherever. I'm helping set where I'm going. Let's pray about this and go into discussion, and then we'll, we'll see what you guys have to say. Jesus, we just thank you for this apt reminder that yes, it's still you who's in control, and yes, you're perfecting something inside of us, but you have described and scriptures have told us time and time again that there's a true us and there's society's molding of us, or there's that emotional side that just wants to run wild and that we're bigger than that, we can control it. And so we ask for your help. We ask for that perspective to be able to step back, to rewind, to look at our emotions, our feelings, our desires, and say, is this truly what I want right now? And maybe it is. For Thanksgiving, eat an extra slice of apple pie. Have an amazing time. But we need your help in knowing that we're in control. We're deciding that we want this, and it's not just emotions gone wild. And so we ask for your help. And as a community, we ask that as we talk about this, and as we practice it and model it, that we notice a tangible difference in our relationships, how we relate to one another, how we love, and how we even walk into bloom in the morning, prepared rested, ready to give our all so that we can be that hug. We can be your hands and feet. We can be your love. We thank you for this right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.